1: And it's one oh three coming up an hour from now. Dana and Parks will check in with both of them before we get out of here. And I know it's convenient... But the report is out on KCI.
3: No, I don't think it's convenient. I I saw pictures at a KCI from yes, from the day before Monday. I think um, out of uh, lines to get into a United flight, we had two United flights that were leaving at the same time. Apparently, you would not, but there was not even room to stand. I argue with you that it's convenient, but I'll save that for later.
1: But it's so convenient. It's
3: not it's not convenient. What do you mean? No, it's not. So
1: you drop off.
3: It'll still be convenient later. <laughs> Promise.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. There is some data to back this up, not just two people who, appre- who appreciate a one-terminal. <laughs>
3: just making it up. Not.
1: <laughs> uh, we had this conversation back in the, uh, the the ten o'clock hour, and we appreciate so many people getting in on this. We had to bring it back this hour, and the phone number is five seven six seven seven nine eight, and you can text in two two nine eight zero. There is a controversial proposal that has been made in Middletown, Ohio, to deal with heroin overdoses.
3: So here's what they're dealing with. Uh, The number of overdoses jumped dramatically this year. Last year in this town, there were 532 overdoses. So far, halfway through the year, there have been 577. So we are on track to more than double that number for the year. There are also a higher number of drug deaths. The number of deaths from overdoses is on track to increase. Last year, there had been 74. So far this year, there have been 51. So again, you're on track to to greatly increase that number. State law says that the fire department uh, has to provide Narcan if they respond to an overdose. Narcan, as we've talked about before, is what would counter an opioid overdose. And the fire department has to provide it if they are called out. It is not cheap. Last year, the department spent more than $11,000 on Narcan. This year, so far, $30,000 has been spent on it. So again, we they could end up taking that number times five or six by the end of the year in terms of how much they're going to spend for the year. And so with that, we are going to introduce you to City Council Member Dan Picard, who has an idea out about how many times you should be able to get Narcan before you are denied.
1: This is a story from WFMY in Ohio. Uh, reporting on a three strikes and you're out
4: rule. We've got to do what we have to do to maintain our financial security.
5: He's a councilman in Middletown, Ohio, and he's got a plan that he says just makes good financial sense. The controversial part when someone has overdosed a third time.
4: We wouldn't dispatch.
5: The condition for not getting Narcan help under Dan Picard's plan. It's tied to a three strike system. The first two ODs, the person has to do community service equal to the amount of money used on the life-saving response. If it's strike three and...
4: The dispatcher determines that the person who's overdosed is somebody who's been part of the pro- this program for two previous overdoses and has not completed the community service and has not cooperated in the program, then we wouldn't dispatch.
1: So that is the system laid out. First time, they'll help you. Second time, they'll help you. But you have to have performed community service for the equivalent amount of money used on the life-saving response Narcan. If you owe D a third time and the people at the fire department have determined you have not met your end of the bargain when it comes to community service, they will not come relieve you or your friend or your sister or your brother or your, your son or your daughter with Narcan. Three strikes and you're out. Five, seven, six, seven, seven, nine, eight. And this brings up two things. One, we're now putting a dollar on the amount of the value of human life.
3: We're putting dollars ahead of human life.
1: And two, so you call and you're like, I need you to come to 123 Main Street. My son is ODing. What's your son's name? Blah, blah, blah. Hold on. Let me look him up in the system.
3: And who cares oh, what's happening to yeah. him in the meantime? Exactly.
1: Time is 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 the crucial factor here. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Is this something that you would be in favor of? A three strikes and you're out rule... For Narcan, for heroin overdose, for opiate overdose.
3: Here's the deal. If money really is the issue, and I'm not arguing that it's not a part of it because it's expensive, then there are other ways to address that. Find grant money. There is grant money available for everything. Find grant money or bill them for it. You know, we bill people for trips for the ambulance to come to your house. Charge them for the Narcan then and get your money that way. Why is that not something we're talking more about? But to me, this is just a totally inhuman way to approach this. Um, and to to say we're going to make you do community service is like you're punishing them for something. And, and, and again, I'll ask this. I asked this last time. But does this also mean then that EMTs should not respond to your suicide attempt? Because that is something, if you slit your wrists, if we're going to have the, well, you're doing it to yourself debate, that is something you are doing to yourself. And that will charge the fire department to send an ambulance to your house to save you from death. Should we not send that ambulance to your house for, you know, for putting a gun to your head or for slitting your wrists? It's just, it's totally inhuman.
1: Five, seven, six, seven, seven, nine, eight. Three strikes and you're out. Are you in favor of it? I say this is disgusting. Um, I know that somebody's going to say you can't help somebody who keeps doing this or doesn't want to be helped. Yeah, you can. And I, don't, I only have one friend who's faced addiction. It was alcohol. He kicked it. I've never had a, a run-in with this. But, but a lot of you on the Facebook page Actually, I think it's pretty split on the Facebook yeah. page, at least. And and some some of you said I wouldn't even give them a second chance, which I find to be disgusting and inhuman. And I ask, what if it was your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your friend, your hey. boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife?
3: Man, at least pretend to care about the addicts and offer counseling of some kind or rehab of some kind. Don't just be about the money. Five seven six seven seven nine eight.
1: what do you think? Three
3: strikes and you're out. Let's start with
1: uh, Jim in Kansas City. You're on one KMBZ. Hi, Jim. Hey, what's wrong, guys? Uh, no, not much, buddy. What's up? Uh, what do you think of three strikes and you're out when it comes to Narcan?
6: Three too many.
1: Three too many. What do you mean?
6: You know what? You put that poison in your system. I on you.
3: So, again, I'll, let me ask you the same question I just asked on the air. If you do a suicide attempt, if you slit your wrist, should an ambulance come to your house?
6: Well, that's up to you. I mean, I, I, it depends on the person. If you're going to do it right, they're not going to know until it's over with.
1: Jim, right? Jim, what if it's and and I know obviously you look at heroin as poison. What if you were prescribed OxyContin and all and b- before you knew it was taking a hold of you, you were doing it at a really high level every day, and it took control of you. And yeah,
6: here's the thing, okay? I get. It. I broke I broke six ribs, thirteen Jim. fractures, and six ribs. They put me on that stuff. I took it one time, didn't like it, threw it out. I dealt with it.
3: Not everyone is as strong as you. Um, Yeah,
6: but, you know, I drink, okay? And I drink back and forth, sometimes off-grid, sometimes i won't. It's a matter of choice, guys. I mean, we can't afford, I mean, we've got problems with the health care system as it is. Why are we paying, the taxpayers, are the ones who end up paying for all this stuff in the first place?
1: To keep people alive. So um, if you
3: are doing it to yourself, then we have no responsibility to help you, is what I'm hearing. All right.
1: Thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. 576-7798. Seven, 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 Don't be a stranger, Jim. We appreciate your, your perspective. Um, I, I think it takes control of you before, or more than, than someone like Jim would like to admit. Jim was strong enough to know that, not didn't like it. Some people really like it. You know why drugs have so much of a high success rate? Because they work. Because they work. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls, including a pharmacist who is on hold. What do you think of three strikes and you're out when it comes to a heroin overdose and the use of Narcan? We'll start reading some of your texts, Facebook hits, tweets as well. It's 12 after 1 right here on Midday on 98.1 KMBZ. 98.1 KMBZ. Midday with Jamie and Wicket. We are talking about a three-strike policy that is on the table in Middletown, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati on the west side of the state, to deal with heroin overdoses. Long story short, You OD on heroin or some form of opiate. They have to come rescue you, give you Narcan. The first time, cool. Second time, cool. If it's the third time, you better have uh, performed community service for the equivalent amount of money used on the life-saving response. If you haven't, they're not going to come help you. They've seen an incredible rise in overdoses so far this year, and they're projecting $100,000 to be spent on overdose prevention this year. This is Middletown, Ohio. This is not a big place. Less than 50,000 people at the last census. It's outside of Cincinnati. It's a suburb. $100,000 is a big part of their budget, Jamie.
3: Yes, it is. And we are putting money ahead of anything else. Um, Fire departments and EMTs respond to a lot of things that you could say you did to yourself. But we're not raising this issue with them. Uh, You could argue that some people are diabetic because they eat too much sugar. Somebody made the cancer argument to me earlier that that people bring on lung cancer on their own, although I know I have a relative who died of lung cancer and never smoked a day in her life. Um, So should, and again, I'm going to raise again the suicide argument. If you attempt suicide, that is something that you do yourself. Do we not send the fire department to your house? because you brought that on. So we had a caller on before the break. Um, and, and I appreciate it. And he's not alone. Uh, we're getting a lot of comments. And we'll read these on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. But, but I said to, he said, you know, I've, I don't do it. You know, we, we've all got hard times that I've never resorted to that. And I made the comment, you're stronger than they are, you know, and it, it wasn't strong was not the right word. And thank you to the person who texted about it. I appreciate this pers- uh, perspective in a 22980. Don't you dare tell that man he is strong. You know who's strong? Addicts who overcome, that selfish coward is not strong. Not liking something is not the same thing as strength.
1: It's an interesting text. You can send yours at 22980 or 576-7798. Let's go to the phones and talk to a Rachel in Blue Springs. You're on 981 KMBZ. Rachel, you're a pharmacist, I see. Yes. Yeah. And do you agree with this idea of three strikes and you're dead?
0: I, I feel like I understand there's got to be a point where you've just had enough because you might see the same person three times that week. You know, and Absolutely, you could. I understand. You know, if it's your child, you want to do everything you can. But as, uh, I mean, it's just such a hard line. It's so, because I feel like all day long, I'm a detective trying to find out, does this person need it? Does this person, is this a fake prescription? Uh, this guy who's threatening, he's going to you know, beat me up after work because I told him I won't fill his medication. It's getting out of control, and, and I feel like something has to be done. Now, maybe this isn't the right answer. I don't know, but I could see why they would do it.
1: And, and, and by the way, and it's interesting you're a pharmacist, and, and to deal with this in, in Missouri, up until the most recent law where finally they can go, to, you can't go to 16 different doctors and get the, the right. prescriptions... It, the, the, the law, Rachel, it's not a preventative thing. It's not to try to kick people off. The policy is on the, the table, and the city council member, Dan Picard, is basically saying, look, we can't spend money on this. This isn't about getting people help. This is about saving money. How do you feel about that?
0: I mean, I guess it's business, but I feel like they need a, somebody needs to address the underlying cause, whether it be the prescribers to stop prescribing in the first place or what. I don't know what the answer is. Um, but we need to find something because
3: it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Rachel, thank you for your phone call. We appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. We like having the pharmacists on. When we get into these com- these the conversations. are always
3: good. Yes.
1: Last week we determined we were not a lot of things. This week we can add pharmacists mm-hmm. <laughs> to the list. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Jennifer in Leewood, you're next up on 981 KMBZ. Hi, Jennifer.
2: Hi there. Um, I wanted to bring up the point that to me, I agree with it. The reason I do is because at what point does it become enabling? Kind of like bailing someone out of jail repeatedly. Um, this is a chosen behavior, unlike a suicide attempt, where somebody may be depressed. That's mental but illness. Hold on a
3: second. Somebody who is an addict may be depressed. To me, a suicide attempt is the ultimate in an action that you are taking yourself.
2: But it's definitely more attributed, though, to mental illness than doing drugs. Doing drugs,
3: there's a variety of reasons. I know. I, let's please make sure we're talking, you know, make sure we're, we know we're talking about opioid addiction, where it was sometimes a painkiller that you started taking because of an injury.
2: Sure. But why, why do the taxpayers have to pay for this, though? Why does the middle class always, our tax dollars always have to pay for other people's problems? I don't do drugs. I have a tough life. I go to work. I deal with it. I don't have an op- opioid addiction. Why do I have to pay for everyone
5: else's?
2: Yeah, it just doesn't seem fair to me. All
1: right. Jennifer, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate it. 576-7798. Seven, 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 Where do you come down on three strikes and you're dead? I mean, to
3: her comment, let me just throw out there. The that, tax dollar? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We do this a lot in government. It's part of what we've decided government's job is. Um, I may, I had the example earlier that... We provide warming shelters overnight for homeless so that they don't freeze to death on the street. Some of those homeless people, you would argue, got themselves there, just didn't work hard enough to get themselves out of homelessness. But we take care of them anyway, and that costs you money. How is this different?
1: Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Johnny in Independence here on 981 KMBZ. What's up, Johnny?
6: Johnny. Hey, how you guys? Yeah, I'm right here, buddy. How are you guys doing today? Great. Okay, I am Johnny the Uber driver, so I talked to you guys just last week. Uber Johnny, what's
1: up, man? (laughs) Hey, man.
6: uh, I want to say that I am against this law. I mean, I'm a right-wing Republican on a lot of topics, but I am not up for murdering people. If this drug is not, if they don't respond, if they don't help this person that could die because of this, isn't that the government pretty much murdering people, choosing who lives and who dies? I thought, I mean, I know I'm a Republican but, and I'm not a socialist, but that is the one thing that our government is that is socialist as far as we respond to anybody who is in dire situations and need to live.
1: Am I right? It's a really interesting point where now you would be leaving it up to local government and in this place in Middletown, Ohio, it would be up to Middletown, Ohio and their officials and Dan Picard to decide who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. And there's something fundamentally wrong about that in my mind. Uber Johnny, thanks for the call, man. It's a great one.
3: Yeah, somebody made the point earlier, the Hippocratic Oath. You know, do no oh. harm. Save people first. Figure out the money after. You know, respond immediately. Save the life. Figure out the finances after. Bill them. Get grant money to pay for it. Do something else to figure out the money.
1: Let's go to Jeff in Spring Hill on 981 KMBZ. What's up, Jeff?
3: Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm uh, calling. from I guess the fire and EMS
6: perspective. They're, they're This guy's ruling. If it goes through, puts the the firefighter or the paramedic on the scene, basically makes them this addict's executioner. You know, because you're sitting here purposefully withholding treatment that could potentially save their life. And I, I can't, I, I can't envision. You know, anybody that's been in emergency services. You know, willingly doing that. I mean, I I take a write up before I before I do that myself. Uh, the other thing is, uh, they give they give Narcan away for free to addicts. So I you know, we, they, I don't know I don't
1: I don't know if they do that in this town or in the state of Ohio.
6: Well, yeah, probably not. It, yeah. It's, I know I'm I've got a cousin on the job in Seattle, and it you know anybody on the street can be carrying it around and give it away for free in the. And the uh, treatment centers or whatever, and so a lot of a lot of the addicts, they're walking around. They got their own Narcan with them, yeah. You know? So if if it's available at no cost then why is the, the fire department in uh, this Ohio community having to pay so much for it?
1: it, it it's a question that, that I'm sure is in the budget. I mean, they have to acquire it in the first place. And, and it says in the story, and you can, again, read the story on our Facebook page, until legal advisors look at the plan proposed by Picard, the fire department is applying for grants and accepting donations to fund more Narcan.
3: Correct. Yeah. there. I think the money can come from other places.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I You know, somebody just said on the text line... Um, where did it go? A number of your current callers exemplify that man is in hum- humanity to man, Inhuman to- inhumane, inhumane to man. Inhumane. Yeah.
1: And, and and some people will say you can't help those that don't want to be helped. And to my, I brought this up at the 10 o'clock hour. We go back to the caller. If you were listening, his name was, was Julius last week. And he said he at one point had a gun in his mouth and somebody walked in and kicked the thing out of his hand. And I know that some people will not agree with this. Mm-hmm. But kick the needle out of that person's arm. Get them the Narcan. Maybe one day they'll see the light. It is better to live on this planet than it is to take your own life. And, and I know some people will say, tell that to the heroin addict. I get it. But to me, keep kicking the needle out of their arm. Keep kicking the gun out of their mouth.
3: Here's a text. All, to all of these self-righteous folks, the same people saying they don't see value in these addicts because they choose to engage in a risky lifestyle, probably text and drive. How are they any better? Hmm. So should the ambulance come to the accident if we find out you were texting and driving and caused the accident? If you, if you did it to yourself, do you deserve medical care? Save
1: the life, man. To me, it's about saving the life. Five seven, six, seven, seven nine, eight. Let's go to Randy and Lawrence. Randy, you're on 981 KMBZ. Hi, Randy. Randy. You're on the air. Hey, hey what's up? You're on the air, bud.
7: Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, who... Who's to say that this person has been overdosed a few times that they're now useless to society? Because both my parents were addicts before I was born and had overdosed multiple times, and and overdosed after I was born, and then you know they both died in 2011 because of, of what they did. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, shooting up. Uh, that she died from the from the disease they shared with each other. But after all that, they, you know, they raised three boys that are, you know, we all work, we all have job you know, we all do what a human is supposed to do. So, you know, if in the 80s, you know, they said, okay, this lady, you know, this is number three for this lady, just let her go. You know, that would have been a mistake, and, and that's just a small part of, uh, of the
1: problem with this coming to light. You know what? It's a good point because if, if nobody helped your family out, you may not be here. And who knows, if an addict out there doesn't get the help, maybe they'll not be able to have a, a, another good young man like, like you, Randy. We appreciate that. 98.1 KMBZ. Midday with Jamie and Wickett. It's one thirty three. Glad to have you back. And we are wrapping up our conversation with Open lines at 576-7798. Would you be in favor of a three strikes and you're dead, basically, but three strikes and you're out rule uh, when it comes to heroin overdoses? This is the report from WFMY, including a sound from the man proposing this, City council, member, uh, city council member Dan Picard.
4: We've got to do what we have to do to maintain our financial security. He's a and
5: councilman just, in uh, Middletown, Ohio, and he's got a plan that he says just makes good financial sense. The controversial part when someone has overdosed a third time.
4: We wouldn't dispatch.
5: The condition for not getting Narcan help under Dan Picard's plan, it's tied to a three-strike system. The first two ODs, the person has to do community service, equal to the amount of money used on the life-saving response. If it's strike three and...
4: The dispatcher determines that the person who's overdosed is somebody who's been part of the pro- this program for two previous overdoses and has not completed the community service, and has not cooperated in the program, then we wouldn't dispatch.
1: Five seven six seven seven nine eight is the phone number. Text in two two nine eight zero. How do you feel about a three strikes in your out rule?
3: Let me play devil's advocate for just a second okay. because I firmly believe this is a horrible idea. I think you got to value human life and figure out the money later. But um, this hour, the the tide has turned a bit. We've got a lot of people that are uh, in favor of this idea, and so to those of you, let me ask. Where do you put the line then? Because there are a lot of things that we pay for for people who did it to themselves. Why are you against this but you're in favor of those other things? Things like if you eat too much fat and food and you have three heart attacks, we still send an ambulance to your house. If you text and drive and you cause an accident, we still give you life-saving measures at the scene. But that was your fault. Where are you putting the line then on what you are okay with government paying for and what you're not?
1: To me, I wouldn't put a dollar value on life.
3: But there's not unlimited money. Again, I'm playing I, on the other side. There's not an unlimited money. I know pool of money. So where do you decide? And and also, I would say, what's wrong with trying to get the money for the Narcan out of the person? Why not charge them for it?
1: Um, because there's a good chance that person doesn't have any money. I don't know what Narcan or they might. They might. I mean, look, it's not just poor people that are or homeless people that are oh. doing drugs. A lot of rich people. Have lots of problems and addictions,
3: especially prescription drugs.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh you know? yeah! So why can't you why can't you charge them for it or charge them ahead for it and say you know hey we're going to give you a bank of three of these and you're going to pay for these up front or we're going to give you a bank of however many you want to have and you're going to pay for them up front and we're going to see in the system how many we've got to give you.
1: Somebody said that earlier. One of the callers they said uh, that you know addicts are walking around with with Narcan. Yeah. That to me seems like a terrible idea because mm-hmm. all that basically to me is saying is go ahead and overdose. Um, yeah, that that's my first take on that. Um, I don't. I fundamentally don't just like the idea that, as somebody points out, the city government in Middletown, Ohio, is basically judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like that they get to decide who who lives and dies. And I, I don't someone like
3: that. may die in the process of them trying to figure mm-hmm. out if you've had it a couple of times already.
1: Let's go to Julie and Lee Summit on 981 KMBZ. Hi, Julie. What do you think of three strikes and you're dead?
8: I completely agree with it. And and first of all, they're not judge, jury, and executioner. That person, when they decide to shoot up, what have you, they make that decision, and they're running with. Uh, they're running in low supplies for Narcan for legitimate use in the hospitals. The other thing I would say about that, having lived through a person who's got issues like this, when it gets to that point, it's not just them. They're damaging. They're damaging their whole family, the financial problems, the emotional abuse. You know, I think three times it's generous, and, you know, you've got three shots to change and get better. But, I mean, where does it stop? And there is a limit to the money that you can spend. And it's just not the cost of the Narcan. It's all the other destruction that happens in their life. If they're that miserable, maybe they'd be more at peace to just die. And that's how I feel. All right. That's how you feel.
1: That's how you feel. Thanks, Julie. Um, We took a call from someone earlier in the show who said they had a sister who has OD'd seven times that she knows of.
3: Yeah, we're getting that story a lot on the text line, too. I,
1: I mean, I, I don't know where the line is. But I'm 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 rather surprised, um, considering the Christian values mm-hmm. of this area, of how many people are calling in as Christians and saying, well, can't help them, let them die. Because that, to me, does not sound like the teachings of Jesus.
3: Uh, so just, by, I'm
1: going to play the religion card, which I don't often play. But it doesn't sound like a lot of Christian values are coming through on the phones and the text line this this, uh, this hour.
3: I'm going to play the abortion card for a second because okay. other people are.
1: All right. We're
3: getting a lot of people saying those who are pro-life and, you know, and Ooh. if you're pro-life or if you're religious and you believe in all life, although then we could have the there are people that are religious, but then whatever. Yeah. But we're, we're getting that argument a lot that uh, how can you be pro-life and then decide that this is OK to, you know, to limit and to <laughs> let someone else die
1: all lives matter mm-hmm. unless you are addicted to a substance. Is uh, that it?
3: Unless you've done something to deserve it, quote unquote. And, and that goes back to, to Julie's, to a,
1: I was going to bring this up. Is, it, is this a disease? Is it a choice or a disease? Is addiction, mm-hmm. is pain pill addiction a disease or is it a choice? Is heroin addiction, it's a choice at first. Heroin use is a choice at first. You choose, you You choose right. to use it. You might have that addictive trait where all of a sudden it becomes something you can't put down.
3: We all have a vice. We all have Mm -hmm. a coping mechanism. Some are more healthy than others. But I think it it would be very easy to fall into this. Don't think for a second this couldn't be you at some point.
1: And I hope those of you that said just let them die. I I hope that's not your son or your daughter, your Mm -hmm. nephew, your aunt, your uncle, your brother, your sister. Because... Maybe that one time you get in their face. Maybe it's the third time. Maybe it's the fifth time that that you've seen them use and they've become, as Julie said, a destructive mm-hmm. force. She's a 1,000% right when she says it can be a destructive force. Maybe that fifth time of interacting is the time that gets them clean. Yeah. Maybe it's the third time. Maybe it takes yeah. one
3: try. I don't I don't know. Right. So why are you deciding that three tries is all you get? Let's
1: go to uh, Mike in North Kansas City on one KMBZ. Hey, Mike.
7: Yeah, uh, what about the liability of of addresses and names mixed up that town is going to be you know if if somebody uh needed needed it and they said no you've already had two strikes and it was a different person what what about something like that? That town is going to have to accept that liability. The liability would probably be a heck of a lot more if someone dies than than if uh, they would have went out there and and kept them alive.
1: Do you think that uh, this is a good idea? This three strikes. It sounds like you don't like this three strikes in your dead rule. I role.
7: I, I, th- I think they were not thinking the whole plan out myself and and personally. And no, I I don't I don't think it's a good idea.
1: Thank you for the phone call. And and, and to his point, it's not about life or death in this proposal. This story says, Picard says this plan is not aiming to solve the drug problem. It is an attempt to save the city's finances. At least he's honest about
3: it. Yes. Yes. Thank you for putting your true motivation on the table. Find other money then. You know, don't... Don't put money over life. Find other money.
1: this isn't about curing the opiate problem. This is about dollars. I mean, it's like the sugar tax. We brought this up, the Philadelphia sugar tax. Mayor of Philly doesn't care if anybody gets fat.
3: This is not at all about curing the opiate problem. This is about punishing it.
1: Uh, Bob in Overland Park on ninety-eight-one KMBZ. Hi, Bob. Hey, how you doing? Not bad. What do you think of three strikes and you're out?
7: Uh, Well, I don't really agree with it, uh, but I have a suggestion. (laughs) Maybe, um... Instead of the government imposing that specific uh, sanction on you know that that person, uh, maybe after the first strike they could uh, you know give a uh, educate them when they're in their right mind about a directive that the city could have on file. If the if the uh, ver- uh, victim is an adult, uh, then maybe they would opt out of getting the treatment, and that might help. A percentage of them may opt out of getting the treatment. Uh, and then let nature take it co- take its course, and then uh, that may save some money too, if that's what their goal is.
1: I, I don't think their goal is to let nature take its course and kill themselves, but that's the that's the destination if they're going to continue to overdose on heroin. Heroin. Right. Uh, we'll get to Greg. We'll get to the rest of your phone calls. We'll wrap it up. Also, we'll we're going to probably irk some people with some numbers. Maybe we'll open some eyes for some people with some numbers. Some data about how convenient KCI really is.
3: I need a new word. <laughs> I need a new word than convenient. We'll work on that. It's
1: midday with Jamie and Wickett. We'll check in with Scott and Dana. Dana and Park's coming your way at 2 o'clock as well next. 98. one KMBZ. 98. one KMBZ. Midday with Jamie and Wickett. Wrapping up our conversation here with you about uh, three strikes and you're out when it comes to Narcan. It's a proposed uh Bill in, uh, I'm sorry, it's a uh, controversial proposal right now to deal with heroin overdose. And uh, the final word on this goes to Greg in Lawrence. Greg, you get the final word. You're on 981 KMBZ.
7: I think it's a stupid, unenforceable law that he's proposing. What he's talking about is setting up a computer system to where you're going to track all these people that have had narcotics can before, and you're going to have to positively identify these people so if somebody walks in and finds a guy that's allegedly a third-time abuser how are they going to positively identify it's him if he's not able to talk so you you assume that it's him and you don't run on the call and a first-time user dies look at the liability for the city if it's all about money it's very simple then tell your first responders we are not going to carry narcan for anyone and we're going to treat them like we've always treated before it was available that i you know that's not an option if you're worried about money get the money from them after you've treated that was what jamie said
1: jamie said the exact same thing and greg thanks for the call man appreciate it it it, it just it's a logistical nightmare I'm sorry. What's your name? Who's the person? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me check my system.
3: Oh, sorry.
1: They didn't complete their community service, right? And they're m- gonna die.
3: We've had a couple of medical providers text in and go, "There's no way this is enforceable." You're, you, you know, you're putting medical providers who have taken the Hippocratic oath to do no harm and to help everybody in the situation of denying medical care to someone they know they can help and to someone that they know is in trouble in that moment and they've got the drug that can help them and you're telling them no. Um, morally, I think you're putting a lot of people in a really awful position that I, if I were in that position, I would want to say, I'm going to do it anyway and sue me if you want, city, or fire me if you want. It's
1: on our Facebook page. You can go check it out. Really good conversation going on on our Facebook page. And I would not be surprised if Dana and Parks dip into this a little bit later Mm -hmm. on. Uh, They will probably get to this at some point. If you did not get a chance to get in, do so after two o'clock.
3: Jamie? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) But, Jamie. I always say yes when you say my name. It's, it's to do something else.
1: It's so convenient.
3: It's not convenient. It's, it's
1: so convenient.
3: Um, it KCI.
1: You don't listen to the
3: text line. Is convenient if the only thing that matters to you is the length of time that you have to get to the airport before your flight. As long as you are not flying on a busy day like the day before Thanksgiving or on one of the days where, because people love to tweet me these pictures now. Thank you for those. I appreciate it. People will tweet me pictures of how long the security lines are. So you got to the airport an hour before your flight because sometimes that works. And other times you may miss your flight because because of our security line set up, you've got those people divided between some security lines that might be really long and some might be really short. And I hope you're not stuck in the really long one.
1: As we sit and wait for the debate about one terminal to, to reach a vote, mm-hmm. CheatSheet.com has uh, come out with this wonderful story <laughs> of the most hated airport's. In the United States. And they list, rank it 1 to
3: 16. Yeah. Um, I'm going to point out to you real fast that the this does not follow size of airport. Okay. All um, right. Like Atlanta, which is one of the busiest airports in the country, is not number one most hated. Uh, but it is
1: 16th most hated. It is 16th <laughs> most
3: hated. Uh, and my guess is that some of that has to do with size. Uh, they say the airport <sighs> is feeling the strain of accommodating 100 million travelers a year. Kansas City is not Atlanta, nor is it uh, one of these other airports that is more hated than we are.
1: It's not Houston's George W. Bush or George Bush Airport. Excuse me. It's not uh, O'Hare. It's Mm -hmm. not LaGuardia.
3: It's this little tiny airport, right? Let me just read to you what they say. Uh, So we hit number 15th most hated. 15th most hated airport in the country. We are not the 15th biggest city in the country. I don't know where we stand in terms of passenger traffic, uh, but my guess is that we're not this 15th, we're not 15th. We're not 15th. So let me just read to you. Uh, the airport in Kansas City doesn't get much love from Bloomberg either, which reports the airport has an atrocious record for on-time departures. Its flights leave as early as its flights leave as scheduled only 75% of the time.
1: Wow, I didn't know that.
3: Plus the blog Sleeping in Airports puts Kansas City in fourth place on its list of worst airports in North America. A few reasons why? A notorious shortage of bathrooms for starters. I hope you don't have to go after you get through
1: When you're a guy and you're in the Southwest terminal, there are literally four stalls and they're on opposite ends. (laughs) So even for the guy's restroom, you wait outside of the bathroom. Not even like a line in the bathroom because it's Mm -hmm. too small. You wait outside of the bathroom.
3: This is a problem, too. Uh, The airport also has a dearth of airside restaurants to feed hungry travelers. There are not enough restaurants past security. Now, I know some of you don't care. Some of you are like, I'm not going there
1: to eat. You know what? If I wanted a burger and a beer, I'd go downtown.
3: Yeah, but some of you are getting to the airport early enough, or some of you are delayed. That happened to me pretty recently. I was delayed by like half hour, 45 minutes, and that was a last minute delay and I had some time to kill and I was hungry. Not many options. And then some of those options are not open at the time of your flight. That's been a problem, too, for friends of mine. Then it says, even though uh, MCI, which is our airport, is easy enough to navigate, it quickly feels cramped and claustrophobic when busy flights arrive. At least the terminals have comfortable seats. They do. Also a comfortable floor, which you might be sitting on. (laughs) If there aren't enough seats, because there often are not enough seats, because there's simply not enough space past security. And so it's great if you're flying at a time of day where there aren't a lot of flights coming and going going at the same time. If there are, heaven forbid, multiple flights leaving at the same time or one leaving at the same time that one is arriving, which happens all the time, and you want to have a beer somewhere? And very, I have sat on the floor for your wedding, wicket Yes. There was a group of four of us from the radio station that were on the same flight, four or six of us. And we're like, yeah, we're going to Vegas. Yay! Let's grab a beer. Nothing we sat did. on the floor and drank our beers.
1: Uh, you mentioned sleeping in airports. Yeah. I opened. Here's their write-up on, on KCI. This year, and this is for the worst airports in North America. Mm-hmm. This includes Mexico City, New York, and Kansas City. This year, Kansas City International Airport joins the regional list of shame. Grievances here begin with the bathrooms and the total shortage of toilets. Couple that with the lack of airside restaurants and you've got a terminal full of travelers desperately looking for a bathroom or a bite to eat. Now, to be fair, on a quiet day, Kansas City is easy enough to navigate. Sure, so convenient. However, when busy flights roll in, you're bound to feel cramped and claustrophobic. The saving grace, they would say MCI, but KCI Mm. offers comfortable chairs with armrests and free Wi-Fi. This makes the terminal functional, but certainly not special.
3: You know how sometimes you will go to a gas station and they will advertise clean restrooms or you go to a hotel (laughs) and they advertise clean restrooms or or cable TV. That is not something that I would be screaming from the rooftops about. That is not unusual to have comfortable seats with, with arms on the chairs. That's just not – if that's a perk of your airport, you don't have a lot to be happy about with your airport. Uh, Number one on the list out of cheat sheet, the most hated airport in America is New York's LaGuardia, followed by Newark, followed by Dulles, uh, and then Chicago O'Hare, followed by Boston.
1: Okay. Um, I've only – and and O'Hare to me, the only reason why O'Hare sucks – it's the size it's of, huge. it's literally, it's a city. you can walk a mile yeah. in that, In that, getting from one gate to another. And I don't want that. That's not what yeah. I like.
3: Then go to a smaller airport. I think yeah. you're going to have that problem in any, at LAX or any large airport. I rarely fly through here. I fly through Midway six or eight times a year, sometimes more. Okay. That's pretty high on this list too, and I don't agree with what they say about it. I Midway, to me, is a classic example of an airport that has three terminal wings, so to speak, A, B, and C, all in one building and one big security line. Knock on wood, I've never had trouble getting through there.
1: Um, Do we know where we stand so far on on the single terminal? Are we...
3: Um, so there's a lot going on in terms of public meetings are still happening. Okay. And we're waiting. If you recall, that request for proposals was pushed back quite a bit. Um, once that all is in in the next month or so, then we've got to decide on ballot language to go on the ballot uh, for November. They've got To dec- the, To me, the big deadline is the deadline to decide on the ballot language, which I believe is toward the end of August. Okay, That's the point at which you've, you've got to decide what you're putting before voters because then you've got to give the city time to sell it.
1: And there was a, a great story that we didn't get to in, the, in uh, the, the Kansas City Star about how just horrendous the appearance of organization between the city and the airport and the companies and just how terrible everything looks. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not just you and I complaining about it.
3: No, and it's been interesting to pay very close attention to this debate and see what has changed people's minds because there are some people that thought one way. You and I were both in that group of yeah. people that th- that wanted the convenience and didn't like the idea of the one terminal, and it's been interesting to see there's a councilman among them that the tide is turning, so we'll see how this plays out.
1: I mean, the tide's turning for Scott Parks. You used to be a no, don't touch KCI guy. I think you swung over to the one terminal guy, you like right?
3: The private financing, right? That's what has kind of sold oh, yeah, you I on like that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um,
9: as long as it's open to bidding, but um, which it is now. I, you know, I was thinking about this as I was uh, coming back from letting the dog out. There are two things that you guys have talked about a lot over the last few days that I have just resigned myself to. They're going to happen. Number one, and I don't like either one, technically. Uh, number one is we will go to a Medicare for all system. In the not too distant future, uh, and number two, we will get a one-terminal airport, whether Kansas City likes it or not.
3: What, you what, may like it after you have it, though. Yeah. What do you? So. What,
9: what makes you believe the the latter? <clears throat> the, the terminal? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I honestly believe this to be true, and not to be a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I do think that the city, led by Mayor James, whom I like, is intentionally making the airport look like poo. Because it looks, but, oh, you, mean, you but mean, but that
3: costs money too. Why would they spend that money then?
9: Be, because they want the one terminal airport. Why? Be, because of the jobs that it would bring in, because of the tax dollars, the revenue that would come in. You were just suggesting or saying a minute ago, Jamie, that when you were going to Vegas, you know, you bought a beer, but you had to drink it on the floor. Well, if you were sitting at a bar inside of a one terminal airport, I would bet you had more than one beer.
3: But renovation would Mm -hmm. cost money and bring jobs also. So why push the one terminal over the renovation? If you
9: can get a one terminal airport where people have to shop while they wait for their flight, it brings in more sales tax revenue. More sales tax revenue goes straight to City Hall.
3: Is that why the airports want the one terminal? Or excuse me, the airlines want the one terminal? Because the airlines are the ones that pushed it in the first place.
9: You know, the answer to that, I don't know. But I, because they can charge six
1: dollars more a and, ticket times thousands of and flights. A
9: renovated KCI doesn't look as good as a shiny new KCI. Yep. And quite frankly, Sly James at the moment only has one thing to hang his hat on, and that's a light rail system through downtown or streetcar, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Every mayor wants to have that one thing. Kay Barnes has power and light, uh, Manuel Cleaver has Brush Creek. You know, everybody wants that one. Oh yeah, it's their legacy. We really need new
1: phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month.
5: New iPhone 15s?
9: Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.